core concept of the Guardian Academy, and this is the investor frame. This is a framework from the Certainty Operating System, the CCA, and you can also find it in uh, Dan's book, Rigging the Game, which I've linked to resources uh, previously. It is a core concept, uh, yada, yada, yada. You've heard this spiel a whole bunch of times by now, and of course, the tears. Now, here is what we know. If you've been following along, if you haven't been following along, go get caught up. This is everything built on top of everything else. This is how foundations are built uh, to be nice and tall. Here's what we know up to this point. We know to appreciate when bad things don't happen. This is in bumpers. So you can go back to bumpers. Uh, It's also my book. It's called Bumpers, but there's a free training called Bumpers in Guardian Academy, which is all about appreciating when bad things don't happen. And don't waste energy or resources, time, capital, reputation, bandwidth on things that violate your economic and personal principles. Okay. The biggest key to resource allocation at this point, if you are here, is to stop making bad decisions. Now, to be clear, nobody's judging your decisions. Your decisions are uh, whatever they are. And when we say bad decisions, it's not objectively bad. It's back to Dalla. Directions for acting like an adult or don't act like an a-hole. Go back to that training if you missed it. Uh, When you make decisions that violate your own personal and economic principles, it's a bad decision. Don't care what your economic and personal principles are. Those are entirely up to you. But when you behave in a way that gets you further away from what you want, that is not a good behavior. Hopefully that makes sense. Now you remember... Back at the quotes, most prefer the certainty of misery to the misery of uncertainty. We will stay in bad situations because they're familiar. There's a huge problem with that. Do you remember the rearview mirror from resource allocation and the fact that resources are not unlimited? Now here's the reality. Here is the reality. We know most prefer the certainty of misery to the misery of uncertainty. Uh, We know that we can look in the rearview mirror and find a lot of evidence and resources are not unlimited, which means trying to get to what we want out of life, we are pulling from the same resource pool. That's our resources, our energy, our bandwidth, our capital, whatever it is that you're pulling from the same resource pool for all of this stuff, including the stuff that you opted into a long time ago that you're staying in. So the reality is it staying in a bad situation is the same as making a new bad decision every day. If you are in a bad relationship, if you are in a bad partnership, if you are in a bad job, then by staying in it every single day, you are violating your own economic and personal principles. So we can recapture and reallocate all of those resources to stop violating your economic principles because we appreciate when bad things don't happen. And we do that with the investor frame. The investor frame is simply stepping back and saying, given what I know today, right now, would I opt back into this situation? It's really that simple. So given the reality of it, I work 12 hours a day and I make X amount of dollars. Would I opt into that now? No, I would be violating my own economic and personal principles. Well, then staying in that situation, you are continuing to violate your own economic and personal principles. You're hemorrhaging resources. There are resources going to something that does not align with what you say that you want. 
Okay, so given what I know, would I opt back into the situation? If yes, you are not violating your current economic and personal principles. This is really important because a lot of people mess this one up. They get out of good situations, stay in bad ones. If no, you would not opt in. You are violating your own economic and personal principles, and you must then ask, what would need to be true for me to say yes? You could say, well, if I made this much money, or if this happened, or yada, yada, yada. Well, now you have an action plan. You can get to the point where you are no longer violating your own economic and uh, personal principles. It's possible that you could not say yes, in which case you are going to have to get out of that situation. Otherwise, you're hemorrhaging resources. You can't say these are my personal economic principles and then continue to behave in a way that is diametrically opposed to them or not aligned with them. And let me give you some examples, because even when people say yes, they get all messed up from all kinds of cognitive distortions, biases, stuff like that. Practical examples, partnerships or employees. Partnerships or employees, given what I know today, would I opt into this relationship exactly as it is? Of course, you'd be like, well, I know they could change. Well, they haven't. So would you opt into it exactly the way that it is? Because that's what the evidence says. If not got to make changes. If yes, even though you might be upset about something, you're still not violating your own economic and personal principles. A lot of times people let their emotion drive them out of good situations. But if they zoomed out into the investor frame, they would say, yes, this, this does, this is great. I was just taking things personal or had an ego or whatever, but objectively, which is what the investor frame is designed to do, pull you out and say, okay, well, I work this much and I make this much and I'm treated this way. Yeah, uh, that's acceptable. I would opt in. Okay. So we got to save ourselves from opting out of good situations and force ourselves to opt out of bad ones. Another one, a home or a rental home. This happens all the time. Somebody has a house. This is an example that Dan Nicholson actually shared uh, in some of his trainings. You have a house and uh, you buy a new house. And you decide to rent out your old one. Okay. You can then say, given what I know, and let's say your old house is worth $2 million. Would I pay $2 million to have this house and rent it out? If not, you're violating your economic and personal principles. But it was easy, right? Like you just, you moved out of a $2 million home and then you rented it out because it was easy. But... You would not opt into that situation, which means your resources are being misallocated. Okay, So sometimes it's just so easy that we start violating our own economic personal principles and hemorrhaging resources because uh, we're not zooming out and saying, okay, would I buy a $2 million home, this home in this location and rent it for this much? No, I would not. Well, then keeping that home in that location uh, instead of taking the $2 million and reinvesting it somewhere that you would you are violating your economic principles, economic and personal principles, okay? So we really got to zoom out and be objective here. We stay in bad situations because it's easy, it's convenient, we know it, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Whoa, here's another one. Bitcoin or a stock investment. Now, I see this one all the time. Uh, it could be a stock, it could be a, a hedge fund or whatever. And uh, I'll give you an example. Let's say you bought $100,000 of Bitcoin, and now it's worth $50,000. Okay, there's a big loss aversion there. Um, we would then ask, 
okay, people say all that, should I divest? I don't want to take a loss or it's not performing or whatever. Say, okay, well, you have $50,000 of Bitcoin. That's the reality of it. That is the resources you have available to you. If you had $50,000, what would you do with it? And if they say, well, I would buy Bitcoin, well, then you're exactly where you need to be. If you had $50,000, you would buy Bitcoin. You have $50,000 of Bitcoin. You are not violating your own economic and personal principles. Never mind the feeling of loss or the aversion of loss. If you said, if, no, if I had $50,000, I would probably uh, invest in some land. Well, then don't sit around and hope to get a gain out of Bitcoin. You get rid of your Bitcoin and you buy land. Okay, this is it's the investor frame. These are the resources that you have in this very moment. And if you could opt into them in reality, not last month when you had more, but right now, what would you do? Would you opt back into this? Okay. So quite a few people feel pretty beat up about Bitcoin at the time of filming this. Uh, but after conversation, say, okay, well, what if what if you uh, sold your Bitcoin? What would you do? And like, well, I would, uh, and, and they actually sit back and they go through the logic, the reasoning, the evidence, and that they decide that the Bitcoin is the investment that they would want. So why would you sell $50,000 of Bitcoin go through all of your uh, principles and frameworks and then buy $50,000 of Bitcoin. That's silly, but that's what we do all the time. So again, logic, reasoning, and evidence. What you have right now is just a snapshot in time and we want it allocated in a way that doesn't violate your economic personal principles. You don't run to other people and ask them what to buy. We had to go investor frame, logic, reasoning, evidence, okay? So hopefully that makes sense. We can recapture and reallocate uh, anywhere we're violating our own economic principles, relationships, so we can get all that time and stress and fear back, partnerships, uh, employees, things we own, things we rent out, things we invest in. Uh, given what you know now, would you still pay 300 bucks a week to send your kids to this daycare? Well, no, I wouldn't. Okay, well then... Every time you send your kids to that daycare, every month you pay for it, you're violating your own economic personal principles. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. So you can recapture, reallocate, and make replace things that are violating your principles with things that are not. And that is a huge, huge, huge improvement. It's like taking your foot off the brake. Everybody's trying to push harder on the gas. Just take your foot off the brake first. Okay, that's the investor frame. Again, it is a CCA framework. You can get it in, uh, you can see it in Dan's book or uh, other certain to you, we talk about it all the time, uh, certain to you resources, uh, live to learn, give to earn, share six word update, share your perspective, share your experience, share with others. You do not have to agree with me or anybody else to, to be able to extract value from perspective. Okay? It's not about getting everybody brainwashed to agree. It is about providing perspective, tools, and then um, encouraging you, the community, and others to extract value from it however they see fit. And that grows when more people are living to learn, experiencing it, and then turning around and sharing their experience. Thanks for listening to the Garden Academy podcast. Hope it was helpful. If so, do us a favor, subscribe, leave us a review. Now remember, live to learn, give to earn. Reflect on and wrestle with any new ideas that you heard in this episode and then turn around and share your experience with others. Remember, many of the audio files were pulled from video and turned into articles in our Knowledge Center, which you can access for free. There will be a link in the description. 
If you want to stay in the loop and hear more about what our members, our partners, and the community is doing, both in the real world and the Web3 world, check out our friends at Inside the Den podcast. Not only are they great dudes, they're highlighting and interviewing the movers and the shakers, and they helped us set up this podcast to be simple, helpful, and fun.